Hey everybody, welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Alicia, and I especially want to thank you for joining us today on our season 18 closing episode. A story about the hubris of the mighty. Stacy, who have you got to close us out with season 18? Today we're going to talk about the life and crimes of the recently departed former Prime Minister of Italy, he of the Bunga Bunga parties, the disgraced rascal himself, Silvio Berlusconi. A complicated public figure, but I'm pretty sure he was fairly simple at his core. Just an absolutely amoral, pleasure-seeking animal with too much money and power. I think you're saying it's a man's, man's, man's world. <laughs> Gosh, that is really a rare type. Rare type. We never see that. Friends, this story is fairly lengthy. We included the spider webs in it. We wanted to give everybody a little something to chew on during our off week. But before we get into Bunga Bunga, Man's 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 World, Stacy. Who do I see in our new Patreon member, Magic Mirror, this week? Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us at patreon.com slash trashy divorces. Bridget O, Catherine K, Blue Rock, Leslie C, Alex D, Sans Mom, Jamie C, Carly N, and Scott M, with a little wink and a nod to Scott M. I love it when... People we know in our real life support us over here on Patreon. Scott, we need to come see you sometime soon in the ATL. Friends, we really hope that you're enjoying the dumpster dives and bonus divorces that are over on Patreon. Maybe even joining us for our regular twice-a-month Zoom salons. Remember, as a programming note here, we are off next week while we get Season 19 ready for your ears don't worry, though, Stacy and I are going to be back with brand new piping hot trashy divorces starting Wednesday, July the 5th. Alicia, if we're going to get to the most scandal-plagued Italian leader since Rome fell, what do we need to do? We've got to go, 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 but in Italian, andare, andare, andare. All right, Stacey, I missed out on the whole Bunga Bunga thing. <laughs> I think this story is fairly trashy. Should we oh. let everybody know just to sit down, settle in, get ready? Absolutely. Also worth noting some of later in the story, there are some fairly graphic descriptions of things that happen. So if you have littles, maybe, I don't know, use your judgment. But this is the trashy divorces and much more of Silvio Berlusconi. Worth noting that Italy has had approximately 70 governments since World War II. The uh, average lifespan of a, uh, an Italian PM is about a year and a half, so Silvio has exceeded. Year and a half? That doesn't seem very long as a... Silvio exceeded expectations because he was a four-time prime minister of Italy. Oh, okay. He was also one of its most controversial public figures, and he was a yearly fixture on Forbes' annual World's Billionaire list since he first appeared on it in 1988. He was not merely a polarizing politician, he was also a media mogul, a real estate tycoon, and uh, the visionary and savior of the AC Milan football club. Oh. We Philistine-Americans call soccer. But he was also the subject of many controversies and scandals. 
He was a constant womanizer, and he faced a number of judicial investigations. He was convicted of tax fraud and bribery, and he was an unapologetic friend and supporter of a certain Vladimir Putin, who is also in the news this week. I wonder if Sylvia knew he would be honored, would be lauded quite this loudly on trashy divorces upon his passing. I think he would actually be quite happy about that. It seems like he's one of those any attention is positive attention guys. All right, let's get to this mess. His communication style was brash and boastful, but many considered him to be charming and charismatic. He left his imprint on Italian politics and in almost every corner of Italy's popular culture. When he died at the age of 86, just this month, June 12th of 2023, many in Italy deeply mourned his passing. He was given a state funeral and honored with a national day of mourning. When the hearse carrying his body was driven through Milan, people lined the streets and cheered for him, yelling, Ciao, Papa, and Grazie, Silvio, which is just an unexpected thing in my mind. But hey, people like what they like. When the hearse arrived at the Duomo Cathedral, tens of thousands of people stood outside the cathedral and applauded. Italy's current prime minister, Giorgia Maloney, said that Berlusconi was, quote, above all, a fighter. She also described him this way, quote, he was a man who was never afraid to stand up for his beliefs. And it was exactly that courage and that determination that made him one of the most influential men in the history of Italy. Bunga bunga. It's... An odd flex. Beppe Severnini, author of a biography of Berlusconi, described why he believed this controversial man struck a chord that resonated with so many of the Italian people. He wrote, The legacy of Berlusconi was he could read the weaknesses and temptations of a nation. This is Mm. not a strong endorsement. (laughs) That's what he really is a master of. He absolved us all of our sins. We were acquitted even before we committed those sins. And he was not a leader, he was a follower in a way. He followed the pantia, the guts of Italy. Now, that forgiveness thing, I think Jesus did. (laughs) Well, uh, Severnini, oh, um, Berlusconi does compare himself to Jesus later in the story. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. so I'm right on, I'm right on time. Absolutely. Severnini uh, goes on to say, Italians never forget that there is an operatic quality of politics. We cheer our tenor until we boo him off the stage. (laughs) Again, 70 governments in, you know, that many years. Amid his public political and legal offenses, it's not hard to imagine that he had more than a few personal ones as well. Berlusconi had literally countless affairs, sordid sex scandals, and of course his notorious bunga bunga parties. Along the way, he actually only managed two divorces, but that number really does not do justice to the absolute trashiness that was Silvio Berlusconi's life. Get to his early life here. Silvio Berlusconi was born on September 29th, 1936 in Milan, Italy. Libra. Mm. Libra man. Yep. I'm not sure what that tells us about him, but... Aren't Libras pretty balanced? Aren't they the scales? Libras are the scales, and they tend to be pretty balanced, but the other side of Libra is indecision may or may not be my problem. Well, he was the eldest of three children. His sister Maria was born in 1943. His brother Paolo was born in 1949, so he's the oldest of a pretty, that's 13 years his junior was his his youngest brother. His father, Luigi, worked for the Rossini Bank, and his mother stayed at home to raise the children. Silvio, of course, attended a strict Catholic boarding school where he showed an entrepreneurial spirit from a young age. 
According to childhood friends, he would offer to do their homework for a small fee. Oh, that's nice. <clears throat> Making the education system work for you. He also guaranteed satisfaction by returning the fee if the grade they got from his work was not satisfactory. Fair. That's fair, I suppose. I wonder if it was like a sliding scale. Like, if I'm a C student, I only need to pay you this much. Oh, that's... I don't need an A. I don't need it to look suspicious. I Interesting. Wonder, I wonder how targeted he... Anyway. Young Silvio excelled in academics, but he was also big into music. He played the double bass. He sang. He played the organ for the choir. When he was 12, he made a friend during Mass one day named Fidele Confalonieri. So Fidele would later run Silvio's television empire. Oh, good. Friendships. You gotta have friends. Fidele said in Alan Friedman's book, My Way, Berlusconi in his own words, quote, It was music that first brought us together. We used to have jam sessions. Hmm. I played the organ and the piano and he would sing, usually American songs, you could see he always wanted to please others. He always wanted to entertain. So these two formed a five-piece high school band, because, you know, like you do. And Fidele described Silvio as quite the crooner. Silvio himself talked about the high school band also, saying, Fidele was on the keyboards. That was his job. I instead began to specialize in making welcoming speeches for important guests who, you know, visited the school, a bishop one time a cardinal another time. I became the MC, the master of ceremonies, the official speech giver among the students. Oh, well, Silvio. Yeah, the smooth talking of the school's guests ended up causing a rift between the bandmates because Fidele ended up firing Silvio for spending too much time networking with the audience. <laughs> I mean, we're seeing the foundation here. So Silvio decided to further his education after high school, as one would, during his college years, he earned money by selling vacuum cleaners. I, why not? But again, golden tongue, I'm sure. Plus, knocking on housewives' doors. This may have been a dangerous thing for him to do. Have you heard me croon? When he was not doing the vacuum cleaner thing, he sang in nightclubs and even got a job on a cruise ship singing. I know, back, back then. He built up a large repertoire of songs while singing with the Lambro Jazz Band while the ship cruised along the Italian Riviera. While he was enrolled in a comparative law course at the Sorbonne in Paris, he spent his evenings uh, singing in a cabaret bar in Paris at night. This Good is fantastic. Touch, right? He's 20. He's playing with the ladies. It's all great. But one night, his father showed up in his dressing room uh -oh. and said, So are you planning to be a cabaret singer for the rest of your life? Yeah, Dad. It's my dream. Silvio said, I knew I had to give up. My career as a singer was finished. Aww. So the next day, his father escorted him back to Milan, and he attended the University of Milan, earning his law degree in 1961. He graduated with honors. His thesis was on the legalities of advertising contracts. Uh, seems exciting. Not as exciting as crooning in Paris. Right. Oh, poor Silvio. He had his dream dashed. Well, he will find new dreams. <laughs> um, and on that, let's take a break here. And when we come back, we're going to meet the Silvio who has abandoned childish things, who is about to get married and start his multi-industry empire. Fantastic. See you on the flip. All right, Alicia. So we've got his first marriage to Carla Elvira 
Dololio and the building of an empire and Il Cavalieri. I apologize to Italian-speaking listeners. Silvio Berlusconi met Carla Elvira Dallolio in 1964 at a bus stop in Milan. Oh, it sounds romantic. Very wholesome. They quickly fell in love and they got married in Milan in 1965. They would have two children, Maria Elvira in 1966 and Pier Silvio in 1969. During their marriage, Silvio started his real estate empire and, you know, he was starting to become pretty rich. Milan was having an economic boom throughout the 60s and 70s, and many Italians from the southern regions of the country were coming to the city to work, and so, you know, they needed a place to live. So Silvio's companies were the ones building all of these new homes, new neighborhoods, subdivisions. And, you know, where did Silvio get the money to start building all of these homes? His initial real estate operation required 180 million lira just to purchase the land to build on. Silvio at the time only had 10 million lira. Conveniently, though, his father Luigi had worked his way up to become the director of Rossini Bank in 1957 and was able to finance his son's purchases and construction. Oh, well, that's handy. It really is. By the 1970s, I mean, self-made is what we always say, right? Sure, Mm -hmm. sure, sure. By the 1970s, Silvio had quite a fortune and created the cable television firm Tele Milano in 1974. In 1977, he was named a Knight of the Order of Merit, which is one of Italy's highest honors. From this honor, he took the nickname Il Cavaliere, the Knight, K-N-I-G-H-T. In 1980, he established Italy's first commercial television network, Canale 5, Channel 5. So Silvio and Carlo would not divorce until 1985, but as you might expect from the lead-up, The marriage was riddled with infidelity on his part. Well, 65 to 85, that's 20 years. It's a long marriage, but it was bad for many of those. uh, Many of those. Yeah, the the marriage was over way before the official end. I'm sure divorce was not smiled upon at the time in Italy, a very Catholic country. By the time they did divorce in 1985... Silvio had been in a relationship with the actress Veronica Lario for a number of years. Veronica would become the next Mrs. Berlusconi. So Silvio met actress Veronica Lario in 1980, again, years before his divorce, when he was well on his way to becoming one of the richest and most prominent people in Italy. Veronica's real name is Miriam Raffaella Bartolini, but she's known by her stage name, Veronica Lario. They met when she was performing in a play called The Magnificent Cuckold, in which she appeared topless. At the end of the play, Silvio goes backstage to talk to her. She told an interviewer later about this first conversation that led to so much. Quote, he made me a lot of compliments. He said I was brava. I believed him and have never stopped believing him. Wow. Okay. These two were in a relationship for a full decade and had three children between them before they married in 1990. Mm -hmm. Holy cats. So, yeah, daughter Barbara was born in 84, Eleonora in 86, and Luigi in 88. By 1990, Silvio was a well-known and very wealthy entrepreneur. The couple, like he and his actress wife, were a major point of interest for the Italian public, So their wedding was a highly publicized event attended by important and famous figures. 
One of his best men was Bettino Craxi, a former prime minister and the leader of the Italian Socialist Party, which is interesting. His business empire continued to thrive, his television stations dominated Italian media, and he had purchased publishing companies as well as uh, movie theater and department store chains. He also purchased the AC Milan football team, soccer. In 1993, drawing from this soccer fandom, Silvia founded the conservative political party Forza Italia, which means like, go Italy or come on Italy, like it's a sports chant. Okay. One, two, three, let's go. Exactly. Uh So he became prime minister in May of 1994. This is very much like what Macron did in France. Uh, He forms a party and then almost immediately that party gains majority in the parliament. And he, anyway, so he became prime minister the year after he formed Forza Italia. It took hardly any time at all before officials were looking into corruption allegations (laughs) into his business empire. Sure. On December 22nd, 1994, having been in office for like seven months, Silvio resigned as prime minister. Although his initial period of power in the top political position was short, it would not be the end of his political career because the guy is a cat and has like nine or 10 or 11 lives. In June of 2001, he was once again, elected as prime minister and managed to hold on to the office until May of 2006, a surprisingly long time for an Whoa, Italian... This, that is long. ...for an Italian prime minister. Uh, he would hold the top spot in Italy's government again from May of 2008 until November of 2011. He's totally wrecking the curve here. Silvio's political career is a long and winding road through power, controversy, and corruption, but... I cannot even pretend to try to decode the ins and outs of Italian politics, which I am definitely not knowledgeable enough to do. But trashy scandals, affairs, and broken marriages? Oh, oh yes, that is kind of my thing. 100%. Yeah, let's do it. During most of their marriage, Veronica maintained a low profile, and she rarely accompanied her husband to public events. It seemed a fair assumption that they had made some sort of agreement about their marriage, and one of Veronica's roles was to tolerate Silvio's constant indiscretions with other women, and she also helped conceal his behavior from the public. But between her growing frustration and Silvio's increasingly public outlandish behavior, she was not going to keep those skeletons in the closet forever. Yikes. The section is called The Number One Hottest Politician, Apology Demands, and So Many Outrageous Comments. Oh, goody. The first time real rumors of trouble in the Berlusconi marriage popped up was in 2002, when Silvio not so subtly implied that his wife was having an affair with professor of philosophy and mayor of Venice, Massimo Cacciari. At a press conference with visiting Danish Prime Minister Anders Fogh Rasmussen, he shocked Rasmussen by saying, I think I'll introduce him to my wife. He's much better looking than Cacciari. Oh, Can no. you imagine? Uh, in 07, Berlusconi was overheard propositioning some young women <sighs> at a gala dinner following a TV awards ceremony. He was seen chatting with Venezuelan-born dancer Ida Yaspicha, a former Miss Amazonia. People at the dinner heard him telling her, I'd go with you anywhere. Oh, I bet. But it didn't stop with Yespicha. 
Berlusconi then set his eyes on former Miss Italy contestant, comma, showgirl, comma, model, comma, politician, a lot of hats that Italians wear. This is Mara Carfagna standing next to her. He said to other guests, take a look at her. I'd marry her if I weren't already married. You're already married, Silvio. Yeah. This time, Silvio had displayed his womanizing to people who were not in his, like, cone of silence. And his comments were reported on the front page of a national newspaper, obviously one that he did not own. Sounds right. Interestingly, the woman in question here, Mara Carfagna, was elected to the Chamber of Deputies on the Forza Italia ticket. Ah, and interesting. Would end up serving as Minister for Equal Opportunity in Berlusconi's cabinet from 08 to 2011. She would also be ranked number one on Maxim's World's Hottest Politicians list in 2008. Sarah Palin came in just behind as number two. Berlusconi's remarks about these women being published on the front page of newspapers was enough for his wife, Veronica, to break her silence after 17 years of marriage. She demanded an apology from her husband, who, as he would, refused. So she took some extraordinary measures and released a letter which would be published on the front page of Italy's newspapers. Again, very notable people. In her letter, she called his behavior unacceptable and damaging to my dignity. Veronica went on to explain that she was unable to get her husband to admit that his remarks regarding other women were wrong, and so, quote, I am therefore asking for a public apology. The Guardian reported, quote, Miss Lario said her husband's comments could not be dismissed as jokey remarks. Hinting at how deeply they had hurt her, she said she felt like a woman in one of the novels of the Irish writer Catherine Dunn. Quote, I ask if, like the Catherine Dunn character, I have to regard myself as, quote, half of nothing, she wrote. That's, that's tough. Piling insult on injury, the Guardian continues, the vehicle she chose to deliver her public admonishment was a center-left newspaper that had long been fiercely <laughs> critical of her husband. Uh, perfect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a little hardball here, but Veronica wins in the end, I suppose, because Silvio did publicly apologize. He released his apology to the media, which started with the phrase, Excuse me, I beg of you. Oh, my. He went on to call his wife, quote, The splendid person you are and have always been for me since the day we met and fell in love. He then asked her to forgive the, quote, thoughtless quip, which was merely a result of a life of constant pressure, he said. Oh, sure. It's the pressure that makes me flirt with other women. Yes. Well, who stepped up to weigh in on this? That would be Veronica's rumored lover, Massimo Cacciari, <laughs> saying, quote, when you get to talking to one another through the press and public letters, it's clear that a relationship is finished, which wise words. <laughs> From the guy that Veronica's having an affair with. This we, is we don't We don't know, maybe. Uh, others... I feel like we should have like cooked some pasta or have some gelato oh, on hand for this. A little lasagna, maybe. I love it. Others commented as well. Giovanna Malandri, a liberal politician in Italy, said that the situation had exposed the, quote, total inconsistency, unquote, between Silvio's personal behavior and his quote, frequent exaltation of family values. Again, something we've never seen before on trashy divorces. 
By this time, the 71-year-old Silvio Berlusconi had gotten hair transplants and cosmetic surgery to maintain his more youthful and macho appearance, which was such a big part of his public persona. It wasn't just to make sure that he appeared up to these like important political jobs, though. Uh, it was also, of course, to maintain his appeal to women. Although at this point, he had kept his constant womanizing sort of out of the public eye, he never, ever, 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 ever shied away from commenting on women in uh, the most horrible of ways. Perfect. At one political event, he said, quote, I notice some extraordinarily pretty legs around here. No. Addressing Germany's then-chancellor, Gerhard Schroeder, he said, let's talk about women and football. You, for example, Gerhard, you've had four wives. What can you tell us about women? Oh, God, what a bore. In 2013, he told American investors at the New York Stock Exchange that, quote, beautiful secretaries, unquote, were one of the many reasons why they should invest in Italy. In, 2000... <laughs> in 2005, he caused a diplomatic incident when he suggested that he had seduced Finland's president, Tarja Halonen, to persuade her to let Italy host a new EU food safety program saying, quote, I had to use all my playboy tactics, even if they have not been used for some time. Wow. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. At a business conference, he said competitiveness is what you need to have with the girls. Oh, really? Interesting. Commenting on his government's opposition to moves to earmark a fixed proportion of seats in parliament for women, Silvio helpfully said, we very much like having women in parliament especially beautiful ones. So terrible. In 2006, when Mara Carfagna entered parliament, he commented that in his party, the leader enjoyed droit de signor. This is the Italian term for the medieval practice whereby a feudal lord had a right to sleep with his sure. vassal's wife on her wedding night. We've so. talked about this a few times. That's yeah. fun. That's fun. Gosh, why don't we keep all those medieval practices still around? Weird. Yeah. Weird. In 2008, he was criticized for advising a young woman who told him that she was struggling to find a good job, that she should just find a rich husband. <laughs> It'll solve everything. And he went on to mock the cabinet of Spanish Prime Minister Jose Luis Rodriguez, which contained nine women, as being too pink. Too pink? Too pink. It was the first time in history where more women held positions of power, like in, in the cabinet, than men. So Silvio hammered this point home in a radio interview, quote, he will have problems leading them. Now he's asked for it. God, what a terrible person. Uh, it was not only women that he made controversial remarks about. In September 2004, he told Britain's Spectator magazine, Mussolini never killed anyone. Mussolini sent people... <laughs> yeah. My AP history exam this, would beg to differ. <laughs> this is not the hill you want to die on. Okay. Uh, he continues, Mussolini sent people on holiday in internal exile. Oh. When the magazine followed up by asking if he believed Mussolini to be benign, Silvio said, yeah. But showing even more of his incredibly large ego and self-image, he told his political supporters, again in the extremely Catholic Italy, in February 2006, 
I am the Jesus Christ of politics. I am a patient victim. I put up with everyone. I sacrifice myself for everyone. Oh, I bet you do, Silvio. Hang that man on a cross. Right? (laughs) This guy's terrible. He's pretty terrible. So, you know, this is probably a good time to grab another quick break. And when we come back to the story of this patient victim who sacrifices himself (laughs) for everyone... Uh, We're going to get into his upsetting proclivity to cavort with minors. And I don't mean the kind who extract things from the ground. Back in a minute, friends. So, Stacey, maybe there's a little bit of warning here if you have smaller ears or... Or this is just not what you want to hear about. Skip forward just a few minutes. Yes, this section is called The Last Straw, Consorting with Minors and a Divorce Full of, quote, Shameless Rubbish. In April of 2009, the long-suffering Veronica had apparently had enough of being the wife of Silvio Berlusconi. Good for you, Veronica. All Get of out of there. Many outside interests. She refused to go along with the charade of their marriage any longer, and she finally filed for divorce. The details of their marriage that were revealed in the battle that ensued were nothing short of shocking to the public. The last straw for Veronica had been Silvio's affair with a minor. But, you know, the real last straw was speculated to actually be him breaking the rules of their open marriage by having the affair publicly and embarrassing her and their children. Probably important to remember that Italian culture, probably similar to French culture, is more tolerant of men having affairs or maintaining mistresses. We Americans tend to frown on that, but other cultures are a little looser about it. Until very recently as well, divorce was hugely problematic in Italy, just as a social thing. There was a lot of stigma attached to it. Even if your husband was serially cheating on everyone, he could talk into it. And, you know, this was a surprise to me. Here's your trivia night info. Oh, no. Divorce only became legal in Italy in 1970. Wow. I guess before that, you just did a church annulment or not, and you were just stuck being married. But even then, after the 1970 reforms, it was meant to discourage and encumber the process, so divorce could still take five to six years to complete. I mean, they just... It's not super. The 1970 law would be amended in 78 and again in 87. So the final divorce decree could only be issued by a judge at this point after three continuous years of legal separation. It was not until 2015 that Italy passed what it called the fast divorce law. So this meant that if your divorce was uncontested, you could get one after six months. A contested divorce required one year of separation. Well, that's better. It is better, yes. It's more in line with most of the developed world. Okay, horrifyingly, though, while getting into weird Italian domestic law, until 1981, Italian law still recognized the principle of honor killings. And so men men who murdered wives who cheated or they believed had cheated would get more lenient sentences than people who murdered other people, I guess. Italy. Good gelato. Bad laws. I mean, it's changed now, but yeah, that's that's 1981. That's tough. So anyway, all of that might give some insight into how the cultural views 
you know, regarding a man like Silvio Berlusconi are a bit different than they might be here, for instance. But after 19 years of tolerating her husband's sort of increasingly outrageous behavior, it was when Silvio was photographed with a model at the model's 18th birthday party. While Veronica had been told that he was in Naples on business that she decided she was done. She would say, in part, I'm convinced that at this point it would be more dignified to stop here. I cannot stay with a man who frequents minors. Regarding the picture of him from that birthday party, it was the latest lie. Better than to try to seek a last way to respect myself. Better to divorce. I'm done. Good for you, Veronica. Okay, horrifyingly, the 18-year-old in question was Noemi Letizia, who later revealed that she called Silvio daddy. No. Mm. No. Veronica wrote another angry letter to an Italian news agency saying that Silvio had forgotten to attend the 18th birthday parties of his own children. (sighs) Oh, it gets worse. Yes, and she also criticized his reported attempt to send a number of young women to the European Parliament and called it shameless rubbish. How did Silvio respond? I... (laughs) He told the media, It's a personal issue that pains me, that is in the private sphere, and which does not seem necessary to speak about. So... Yeah. So he just denied and ignored. Now you're going to get private. Okay. So this was 2009 when Veronica filed. Their divorce would not be finalized until 2014. Whoa. But so very much would happen between the time Veronica filed and it becoming final five years later. When it was finally over, Silvio would be ordered to pay Veronica more than 50 million euros a year. This works out to about $138,000 a day in alimony. That's not bad. This is in addition to homes, jewelry, and other valuables. Silvio, being Silvio, would appeal this decision. And in 2017, all of that arrangement would change in kind of a terrible way. Oh, no. By the time the divorce became official, Silvio had been engaged to Italian dancer Francesca Pasquale for about two years. But let's take a look at The life of Silvio Berlusconi, circa 2009 to 2014. The section we call Ruby the Heart Stealer, Bunga Bunga Parties, Generosity, and Witness Tampering. Oh, my. In February of 2010, Karima El Marug, the erotic pole dancer better known by her stage name of Ruby the Heart Stealer, met Silvio at a private party at his Villa San Martino near Milan. She was 17. No. Shortly after that, she allegedly began having sex with Silvio. It was this alleged trading of money and gifts at bunga bunga parties when El Marug was underage that was the cause of Silvio's widely publicized sex trial. So let's talk about the bunga bunga parties. Yeah, unpack that for anybody who might not know what that means, because I just learned about bunga bunga not too long ago. Sure. Well, these were... In effect, orgies that were held at his place. But it, you know, the bunga bunga, it it depends on who you ask. Silvio said that they were innocent, elegant affairs that he threw at his fancy villa. Others called them wild orgies with female guests dressing as nuns and performing erotic dances. 
Another witness said that Silvio used women as sex slaves during the parties. There are a few stories of where this term bunga bunga comes from. None are good. In a 2015 biography of Silvio, he was quoted as saying that the phrase came from a joke told to him by his late friend, Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi. This guy really knows how to keep company. I'm not actually sure which of these two explanations is worse because there's a linguistics professor at the University of Medina who suggested that Bunga Bunga actually comes from a 1940s song called Civilization, whose chorus runs Bongo, 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 I Don't Want to Leave the Congo, which I can only imagine is a horrifically racist song because the colonial history of the Congo is uh, just a genuine tragedy. It's just all terrible. Silvio is also known for telling an old vulgar joke about two colonial officers who are captured by an African tribal chief who forces them to submit to bunga bunga, i.e. sodomy. So all of it's bad. Ruby the heart stealer backed up the Gaddafi origin story by saying, Silvio told me he'd copied that expression bunga bunga from Gaddafi. Sure. It's a rite of his African harem. All of this is terrible. Uh, So how did the Bunga Bunga parties come to the attention of police? It started when Silvio called a police station asking for Ruby the Heart Stealer, Elmerug, to be released after she'd been arrested for stealing. He told them that she was the niece of Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak. But it's right there in her name. She's Ruby the Heart Stealer. Of course she's a thief. (laughs) So the police agreed to release her to one of Silvio's associates, Nicole Minetti, who was allegedly also a performer at the Bunga Bunga parties. She took Ruby the Heart Stealer to the apartment of a Brazilian sex worker, also later to be found linked to Silvio. When prosecutors were investigating the theft that Ruby the Heart Stealer had been arrested for, They discovered the reason why he intervened, and this would kick off a national media sensation, scandal, kerfuffle, you name it. So when Ruby the Heart Stealer was questioned further, she explained that the term Bunga Bunga was a lap dancing competition in which the winner, (laughs) and then parentheses S closed parentheses, so winners, got to sleep with Silvio Berlusconi. What a prize! Good thing you got those hair plugs, right? Another witness told police, That evening, Berlusconi explained to me that Bunga Bunga consisted of a harem that he copied from his friend Gaddafi, the former Libyan dictator, in which the girls take their clothes off and have to provide physical pleasures. Ah. Ah, as one does. Okay. Once Silvio was brought into this investigation, he never denied having lavish parties with young women. However, he denied having paid anyone for sex, saying instead that he gave the young ladies all of the money that he gave them because he was generous and he wanted to help them. They're bunga bucks. Come on. It's not real money. They're all in law school. Once he was indicted, prosecutors were able to compile a list of 33 young women, mostly aspiring actresses hoping to get a job in show business through one of his television channels, who said they were paid to have sex at his bunga bunga parties. Here's a description many of those women gave of a typical itinerary at one of these parties. One, dinner would be served. This was composed of foods in the red, white, and green of Italy's tricolor flag. Of course. 
two, this was followed, dinner was followed by what has become known as the Bunga Bunga session, quote, which took place in a disco-like room where the female participants engaged in dressing up, striptease, and erotic dances, touching each other or touching and being touched in their intimate parts by Silvio. And three, finally, at the end of the evening, Silvio would choose, quote, one or more women with whom he spent the night in an intimate relationship, unquote, in exchange for money, expensive gifts, or rent-free apartments. I have a question. I'm sorry. Is Silvio the only person attending the Bunga Bunga party? No. Okay, so he's got... It, there are rumors of... I mean, Qaddafi may well have. Uh, Putin may well have. Like, Some of the most detailed accounts came from two women who had been wooed to a Bunga Bunga party with promises of jobs at Silvio's TV channels. One of them testified, quote, 15 minutes after we'd sat down, some of the girls uncovered their breasts offering them to Berlusconi so he could kiss them. They also touched the prime minister's intimate parts and made him touch theirs. While this was happening, the girls were still singing, thank goodness for Silvio, and calling the prime minister Poppy. And Berlusconi called all of us, my little girls, my little girls. Ugh. Gross. Another woman testified, after the umpteenth obscene joke, Berlusconi brings in a statue... It's in a kind of case. From it emerges a little man with a huge penis. The statuette is the size, I, I think, a, I don't think it's an actual man. Um, anyway, the statuette is the size of a half liter bottle of water. Its penis is disproportionately big. Berlusconi begins passing it around among the girls, and he asks them to kiss the penis. They kiss it and simulate oral sex with it, or they approach him with bared breasts. They all laugh. At a certain point, the Prime Minister, visibly content, asks, Are you ready for Bunga Bunga? The girls shout together, Yes! You look as horrified as you should. It's terrible. Yes. The police wiretapped other women's <laughs> phones to get evidence of what happened. Needless to say, the accounts were all graphic. There are a few that are fit for public consumption. So in one leaked transcript of these wiretaps, a TV promoter accused with others of procuring sex workers for uh, Silvio asked one woman, quote, do you have a nurse's outfit? Go get one today. Adding that she should wear nothing underneath except white suspenders for a, quote, private health visit. Oh, private health mm. visit, my butt. Ruby the Heart Stealer ended up testifying at the trial as well, and she gave explicit descriptions of the parties, but she denied ever sleeping with Silvio Berlusconi. She would testify, It's the first time in my life that a man has not tried to take me to bed. He behaved like a father, I swear. This is what we would call a lie. Um, <laughs> you think? She said that he gave her just 7,000 euros because she was in trouble and needed the money. Well, sure. However, because her phone had been wiretapped, her phone conversations told a slightly different story. She told friends that Silvio offered to, quote, cover her in gold to keep quiet and that she had demanded 5 million euros to Whoa. hide the fact of their relationship and his payments to her. In June of 2013... Silvio Berlusconi was found guilty of paying to have sex with Karima El Marug, Ruby the Heart Stealer. He was sentenced to seven years in jail because she was 17 at the time of their arrangement. Ugh. 
However, as one does, his verdict was overturned on appeal. Sure. After his lawyers successfully argued that he could not possibly have known her real age. Well, who could have guessed? I just like them young, Your Honor. I don't ID them. This should not be a defense. Okay, that was far from the end of his legal troubles. In 2013, he was accused of and tried for bribing 24 people to provide false testimony or keep silent about the parties. That's the wiretapping. This is definitely who you want in charge of your country. Oh, for sure. High moral character and standing here. Oh, it's a conservative party running on family values, Alicia. What's... What, 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 don't what are get? you not getting? Yeah, yeah. Silvio's lawyer said that he was being tried, quote, for the crime of generosity. <laughs> okay, that's what we're calling it. Yeah, that's now. what we're calling it. And th- that the women were merely offered compensation for the damage suffered to their own reputations by having been rolled up in all this by these terrible prosecutors, you see. Sure, sure, okay. Silvio also claimed that. <laughs> Silvio also claimed that, quote, prostitutes brought to his house by an associate simply lifted his morale and that he, quote, had no idea they were call girls. I, hey, I suppose this trial went on for eight years. Oh, my God. And had to pause frequently because Silvio's health was declining and also the sudden death of model Imani Fadl, who was a key witness. Investigators examined her death because there were several anomalies found in her records. The autopsy report found unusually high levels of heavy metals, including cadmium, chromium, and antimony. So possibly she was poisoned. Murder, right? So in her closing statement, the prosecutor Tizania Siciliano said, The facts have been handed down to history by now. The serving premier was wont to systematically spice up his evening entertainments hosting in his home groups of odalisks, paid sex slaves. Berlusconi is the former friend of Putin and now an old man. He was a sultan in his own harem, a very rich and powerful man, a prime minister who accompanied himself with friends like Putin, who is now bringing the world to its knees. He paid for the silence of witnesses with money, houses, cars, and horses, every human commodity that you can imagine. What happened at these parties was morally questionable and incredible. A horrible violence which our era looks at in disgust. The detriment of very young girls, some even minors, without the tools to protect themselves from predators of all kinds. She concluded, perhaps because I am a mother, I feel and I know that the youth must be protected from your prime minister. Sylvia was eventually found not guilty of witness After eight years on... Oh, my God. Uh, delay, delay, delay. It's... I. It's a man's man's. Man's man's world. Okay, new section. Tax fraud, alimony payback, and return to political office. Oh, oh no. no. In June of 2016, Silvio Berlusconi was admitted into the San Rafael Hospital in Milan. After being examined, it was determined that he needed heart surgery to replace a defective aortic valve. Really? His heart doesn't work right? How odd. Well, Ruby stole it. Remember, she's the heart thief. The surgery was a success, and he returned to relative good health. In 2017, the Italian Supreme Court ruled that divorce settlements no longer would guarantee that spouses maintain the standard of living 
that they had enjoyed during their marriage, but rather only ensure financial sufficiency. This is because Silvio was appealing his agreement with Veronica. 50 million euro, right. Okay. As a result, Veronica was ordered to pay Silvio 60 million euro. No. In previous alimony that the court ruled was, you know, magically no longer owed to her now. He was also relieved of his ongoing monthly payments to her. From that point forward, the appeals court said that she did not need additional monthly income and that her current wealth and assets were more than enough to live on. This is so patriarchal. Amidst all of this, his trials for child prostitution, witness tampering, all of it, Sylvia was also convicted for tax fraud in 2013. Why not? Why not? He was sentenced to four years, but of course, he never spent a day in prison. He served one year of community service. Oh, I I shudder to think what Silvio thought community service meant. The conviction did ban him from running for political office ever again. Hooray, right? Yeah. Yeah, except the European Court of Human Rights overturned that ban. So in 2018, the Italian courts lifted it, which allowed Silvio to run again. In January of 2019, he was elected to the European Parliament as a member from Italy. He became the oldest member of the European Parliament. I'm sure they were just thrilled to have him. Let's talk about his 12-year relationship with Francesca Pascali. If many women were disturbed by the revelations of Silvio paying underage girls for sex or any of the myriad other things going on in his life and at his bunga bunga parties, there was one woman who certainly was not. This is his fiancée, Francesca Pascale. She stood by him through his many court appearances, accusations, and convictions, all while praising him and talking about how amazing their love was. Wow. In 2012, while he was still married to Veronica, Silvio announced his engagement to Francesca. Like you do. Saying, quote, finally, I feel less lonely. (laughs) I am engaged to a Neapolitan. It's official. She Uh... is 27 years old with very solid values, beautiful on the outside and even more beautiful on the inside. She's very close to me. She loves me very much and I feel the same. My daughter Marina appreciates her and loves her very much, too. In 2013, the 28-year-old Francesca gave Vanity Fair an interview alongside her fiancé. She told the magazine, I was underage when I decided that I would go get him. Oh, God, no, no. Apparently it helps to be underage if you decide you want to get Silvio Berlusconi. Silvio, for his part, credited Francesca for standing by him and bringing him happiness, saying, Francesca has been close to me through the most difficult days of these past few years. She has given me happiness and asked for nothing in return. Yeah. She has restored my faith in the true love of a woman. The difficult years that were brought on by your own bad choices, Silvio. Those would be those, those, yes. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When asked how she felt about the Bunga Bunga parties, Francesca said women threw themselves at him. It was for him a time of disenchantment, of inability to feel true love. It wasn't easy for me. I never attended those dinner parties because I knew I would not have been able to contain myself. What? Yeah. She also said of the beginning of their romance, 
Quote, at first I would just satisfy myself by being close to him, to spend time with him. I had to bite my tongue, but now love has taken me to the happiness I feel today. I sought him out, I courted him, and I made him fall in love with me. I practically did everything and still do. All he has to do is say yes. Oh, girl. Francesca would tell interviewers that she asked Silvio to marry her every day. Oh, oh the romance. Uh. But then in March 2020, Silvio announced that he had ended his 12-year relationship with her, but assured everyone that a deep friendship remained. Oh. Francesca told La Repubblica that she was astonished by the announcement, but she added, quote, I will hold him dear forever. I wish him all the happiness in the world and hope he finds someone who will take care of him as I have. Sure. You'll be shocked to know that he already had. Oh, goody. I was worried there for a moment. Sure, you don't want Silvio to be alone. His new love was 30-year-old Marta Fascina, a member of the Italian Chamber of Deputies. They would go on to unofficially marry in 2022. I don't know if that's like a Kanye West unofficial marriage or what, but... (laughs) Fortunately, though, don't worry about Francesca. She has sort of an interesting end in this story. It turns out that she walked away from her relationship with Silvio with 20 million euros and oh, a handy. 100,000 euro monthly stipend. Ah. Silvio's generous. And in July 22, she married her girlfriend of over two years. <gasps> what? The pop singer Paolo Turchi. The relationship between the two was made public in August of 2020. And a year later, they were seen taking part in the gay pride parade at Naples. Didn't see that coming. That's great. I know you didn't. And I am sad to report that the heading for the next section is, and this is not something I would say, but it is something Silvio said, a bus full of whores. A bus full of whores. A little section we like to call. A bus full of whores. Again, if you have littles, just plug their ears. You probably wanted to preface that before we said a bus full of whores. You probably wanted to send them away several sections ago. (laughs) One may think that Silvio Berlusconi might have learned a thing or two about saying things out loud where they can be recorded in public, but after everything he had been through, no, no. Why? He would not There's learn no consequences. a thing or two. It's, that seems to be true. December 2022, he told the players of his Monza soccer team that he would bring them, quote, a bus full of whores, unquote, <laughs> if they beat top rivals. The promise was filmed at a Christmas party No, for the team. The full comment, if you're curious, was, We've found a new coach. He's good, charming, kind, and capable of incentivizing our lads, but I am adding extra stimulus. As I told the lads earlier, if you beat any of the top teams, I'll get a bus full of whores to come to your locker room. Now, to be fair, there is a medium level of base setting here. My younger brother was on a tennis team back in the day when he was like 13, 14. I am scared of where this is going because I know your no, brother. No, they sucked. Oh. They were terrible. They had the worst team ever and they had a real coach. And the coach was like, guys, if we win the division, I will take everyone to Hooters. And do you know what team went from worst to first in one division that year? I'm not proud of men, (laughs) but I have never seen a team of 13 and 14 year olds get their act together so quick with sportsing 
as the we're going to go to Hooters temptation prize at the end of the season. I'm so glad that that is all that was. Again, (laughs) I know your brother. I did not want to learn. Okay. We are nearly to the end of Silvio Berlusconi's life, but... I would take a shower, but I'm afraid to take off my clothes at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oof. This section is symbolic in quotation marks marriage with Marta Fascina. Sure. Marta Fascina grew up in Naples before studying literature at the University of Rome. She went into politics in 2018 and joined the Forza Italia party, which, of course, Silvio created and led. In 2020, she became a member of the Italian Chamber of Deputies. She apparently wooed Silvio by sending him a... It doesn't seem like you need to do much, but this is how she did it. (laughs) She sent him a series of letters that charmed him so much that he broke off his engagement to Francesca. Well, Francesca, to be fair. To be fair. Already had a lover and wasn't really into Silvio that much. Marta also got Silvio's initials tattooed on her body. Oh, that'll do it. Mm -hmm. At the age of 85, Silvio Berlusconi symbolically married the 32-year-old in what they called a festival of love in March of 2022. Sure. The age difference did not keep these lovebirds from exchanging vows and rings at their lavish ceremony with a three-tiered cake. Silvio told Marta, you complete me. Oh, buddy. I couldn't live without you. You fill my life. Nope. The groom even sang at the reception, little throwback to... Oh, I would be sad if he had not crooned a little. It seems that the only reason that they were not legally married was because there were major feuds playing out between various families regarding the inheritance of Silvio's multi-billion dollar estate. I mean, he was getting on in years. He had children from two marriages. He had ex-wives. He a lot going on. And then we move on to the death of Silvio Berlusconi. On June 12, 2023, Silvio died at the San Rafael Hospital in Milan. He'd been suffering from leukemia. He was being treated for a lung infection that was linked to the leukemia. His death drew tributes even from some of his critics. Really, only one thing can be certain. Silvio Berlusconi undoubtedly left a mark on Italian politics and culture and law. And the souls of the people. I just, when I heard he had died, I was like, his funeral is going to be like an MTV beach party with like t-shirt cannons sure. and a rrr, rrr, like, like sound effect thing. I was surprised to hear that it was a solemn state affair. I just assumed bikinis, too much sun, you know. Anyway, that's the end of season 18. Silvio Berlusconi, former Italian prime minister who recently left us with much Much scandal to mull over. I'm a little stunned by all of that. How many trash cans are we giving Silvio? We're going to do 20 million trash cans plus um, 100,000 trash can monthly stipend. Okay, perfect. Um, Not sure who it's delivered to. The people of Italy perhaps can just share in them. I'm not sure. What a story. This guy just constantly managed to avoid any accountability for really terrible things over and over again, and got to be prime minister repeatedly. Just... Yeah. Welcome to the world of men. Mm. Thank you for that, Stacy. I guess. Yeah, you're welcome, I guess. 
Trash Pandas, thanks everybody for tuning in. I cannot believe you and I have made it through another season, season 18. We are coming back for y'all July 5th with season 19. Really excited. We've already got some really good stories in the works for you. And can we give a shout out to Melissa O, without whom this season would not have been possible. She is fantastic. Melissa O has been the wind beneath our wings for this season. I don't know how many showers she's had to take to get through that one. Thank you, Melissa. You are simply the best. Trash pandas, y'all are simply the best. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for telling your friends about Trashy Divorces, for your kind reviews, for your kind ratings, for your support on Patreon. Don't forget, we're still going to have stuff happening over there during our time off from the main feed. And if you're looking for something juicy to get into this summer, don't forget we got two other podcasts happening around here. Trashy Royals is in full swing, as well as Done and Done. We can't thank you enough. We can't appreciate y'all enough for all the support, all the love. We think the world of you. Thank you for joining us on this ride. And remember, no new Trashy Divorces next week, but we will be back Wednesday, July 5th with a brand new season for you. In the meantime, friends, I hope that you will keep your hands very, very clean. I hope you will keep your hearts very, very trashy. Thanks again, everybody. Have the most wonderful little bit of a break. We can't wait to see you back for season 19. Cheers, friends. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at carbonmade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there and thanks again everybody for listening. Keep it trashy y'all.